my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. So this episode is inspired by the latest episode of the New York Times Presents about the Super Bowl incident. I want to say it's episode 10. I could totally be making that up, but it's the one that talks about the Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake Super Bowl incident. Emphasis on putting both names there in the title. And this episode is not about the incident, but about my sadness at a lot of different things um, and anger at a lot of different things, but my real sadness and watching Janet Jackson be asked and forced and pressured to apologize so many times for what happened in a way that was unfair, unjust, targeted, and um, just really being bullied to the place where she got to where she said, I'm not apologizing anymore. And I shouldn't have apologized in the first place um, for this because it was an accident and it wasn't my fault. And watching that, I just brought it brought to mind all of the times that as a recovering codependent, I apologize for things that were not my fault, that I apologize for things that were really about other people's hurt feelings, that I tried to make myself smaller and um, not take up space and kind of cower to make other people feel comfortable and to make other people feel as if I was a good team player or a good partner or a good family member, even a good service provider, just because the intimidation of the stronger forces or their stronger personalities or their stronger opinions felt very threatening um, and felt very scary. And I knew that one way to make it stop was to apologize, to apologize for what I was doing, who I was, for what they felt like were mistakes, for what they may have been projecting onto me, for things that were unfair, that if I took ownership for it, they wouldn't have to. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. 
Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products to support every garden and lawn, Coast of Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, by adding Coastal Main products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes in your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Coastal Main continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that inspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coastal Main believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. Costa Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit costamaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E.com. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. And I know I have at least two. I know for sure two. I'm not sure if I have more than that, three or so. But I know I have at least two episodes where I am really, really talking about the importance of apologizing and how important it is for us to initiate and how important it is for us to take ownership of our part and to and to move forward with that and not wait on someone else for us to clear up our side of the street if there's something that we've done wrong. And I stand by those episodes because I know that there are many of us who do operate in grudges. There are many of us who operate in a place of defensiveness. There are many of us where our our healing work is stunted because we're waiting on other people to change instead of looking at ourselves and it's stopping us from repairing relationships that could be repaired and um, operating in humility and living in that balance between ego strength and um, and growth. So those episodes have their place. But watching this watching this documentary watching this documentary and noticing my response I was like I have not had an episode at least not of late where I specifically just talk about how we don't need to apologize for who we are and that we don't need to cower to other people's opinions and projections of us let me say before I get into listing the different things that we don't have to apologize for, that it is very normal that there are some areas of our life that we are super, super strong in and super, super differentiated and super, super confident in and boundaried in. That there are absolutely, it's very common for us to have some places and relationships that we're very quick with our nose, that we're very clear with our nose, that we know exactly how to hold a standard and hold expectations while simultaneously having some relationships in some places that we just feel very weak in, that it is very hard for us to hold our own, that we seem to regress to an earlier place or earlier state 
that we feel more sensitive and vulnerable to that felt sense of rejection and abandonment and being liked, that all those things can be true at the same time. And it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're really not confident. It just means that there are some tender places for you to pay more attention to. And that's totally fine. And it's also normal that you can be doing work in these tender places and get to a place of feel, felt confidence and have a since an incident happen or a situation happen that you go back to your trigger response, you're triggered and you go back to your initial response and you kind of apologize too soon or um, take ownership for something that isn't your fault or acquiesce or try to make nice in a situation where it's probably better for you to hold your own. Um, that happens too. And these are all things that we learn from and we grow from and we move on. And I really want this episode to be a safe place for the women who don't always get it right. For my fellow codependents out there who kind of have some moments where they wish they could have done something differently but also knowing that every day you're getting better and better, that you're learning more and more, and that you're getting stronger and stronger and clearer and clearer on what your standards are and that your space is sacred and special and to be protected and your voice and and your power is just as important to be seen and and valued as anybody else's. So... With that said, let's go ahead and get into the different things that you don't need to apologize for. The first thing that you don't need to ever apologize for is your no. At any time and in any place, you can say no. You can say no to going to events. You can say no to um, contributing to something. You can say no to people's requests for money. You can say no to going on dates. You can say no to volunteering for events. You can say no to answering a phone call. You can say no to going into work. You can say no for any and all of these things. You can say no to hanging out with people that you know make you uncomfortable. You are the one who knows you better than anybody else. And if you're not at that place yet, no matter what age you're at, it is very common for women of all ages from their 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s to say that they live their whole lives and don't still quite know who they are, especially if they come from a codependent past. You're not alone. But even if that is the case where you're still trying to figure out what you want and what you like and what makes you happy and what doesn't make you happy, you have a right to say no on your your path as you get there. You have a right to say this works for me and this doesn't work for me. Or I don't know how I feel about that. So for now, I'm just going to say no. And other people's responses to that, other people's judgments of that is their own. As codependents, we will spend our whole lives running in circles, trying to make people proud, trying to trying to change the opinions, especially if we can feel that their opinions of us may be a little bit fragile or may be lower than we want it to be or lower than who we um, believe that we are or how we're presenting ourselves. We can spend our whole lives just trying to 
make up for um, this felt sense of deficit that we're operating from in certain people's eyes and then find out at the end that it didn't matter anyways, that people are going to believe what they want to believe about you. And I know we hear that, but for those of us, especially if we grew up in settings where we were successful and trying to get people to be nice to us by us, um, you know, being the smart person or the good person or the funny person or the pretty person or whatever bag of tricks we pulled out, the the successful person, uh, the, the talented person, whatever uh, mechanisms we created as little girls, we can hear we can hear someone say people there are going to be some people who don't like you and there are going to be some people who just have judgments about you and it's and it's impossible for you to fix it if that's what they choose to believe we can hear that and not believe it we cannot believe it and kind of take it as a challenge to say oh, well watch this I can, I can convert anybody to liking me and I I would just ask you to consider why would you want to why would you want to spend hours and energy and time in your life focused on people who don't love you focus on people who are committed to looking at you negatively focus on people who will assume the worst of you and then blame you for their opinion of you why why would you want to focus on that instead of focusing on people and relationships and in settings that actually want you to succeed, that already see you shining, that already see you as amazing and invest in those. It, it can be very hard for us to tolerate that discomfort because it feels dangerous to us. It feels wrong to us. It feels like evidence that there is something wrong with us. But honey, there's there's nothing wrong with you at all. And that doesn't mean that there needs to be something wrong with them as well. They could, it could, it's absolutely possible that there is a lovely person in the world who's super amazing that you're just not their, t- their cup of tea. And you can be two simultaneously amazing people who live in this world who just don't click and connect. And that's okay. And if you want to learn side skills related to building relationships or building communication just for yourself as a person, then do that. But don't do it for somebody else. You need to do that for yourself. The second thing that we don't have to apologize for is taking up space for owning our body, for um, owning our voice, for saying what we want to say, for showing up how we want to show up, uh, for our voice to be as loud or as quiet as we want it to be, for our clothes to be as loud or as mild as we want them to be, for our opinions to be as loud or as moderate as we want them to be. I think as recovering codependents, one thing that we have to learn how to do is break out of the mold of who people want us to be and think we should be and tell us to be and also the mode that we have told ourselves that we have to be as well and oftentimes that mode is a very direct replicate or very similar to 
the the image that other people have put onto us or that society has put onto us. But our freedom comes from us learning how to step into exactly who we are. So growing up in the hood and then realizing, you know what, I'm actually really interested in contemporary art and nobody else around me is really interested in that. I don't really have anybody to talk to about that, but I'm not going to hide that and I'm going to go and find my people. Uh, growing up in middle-class America or a an immigrant home, which is the experience of so many women who are in our community, uh, where you only have three choices to be a doctor, a lawyer, or engineer, or maybe a pharmacist, you know, uh, if you're going to get spicy, but those are your only career choices and going through that experience and having all of that, those expectations and then deciding, you know what, my passion is cooking and being a chef and I'm going to open a restaurant and I'm going to be successful there. Our, our freedom comes with us digging deep down and figuring out what is it that I was brought into this world to do. And how do I do that with excellence? And how do I do that with passion and drive? Because what I was brought into this world to do is something that other people cannot do. And for me to shine with that. Uh, Janet <laughs> Janet has transformed and transfixed generations because of how she had the courage to step out and own her beauty, own her sexuality, own her voice, uh, own her talent in, in multiple ways, right? Versus staying in that cookie cutter mold, that, that blueprint that was laid out for her, her stepping into who she was has benefited all of us. And it's the same for you. It, it's a- We hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Same for you, no matter how small or insignificant that you feel like your contribution to the world is, it's not. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Whether you are fantastic at creating things out of yarn or you are super good at budgeting or you have a voice that won't quit or you're super great at telling stories or you can walk into a room and just see their beauty in it and bring it out in the space or you're so great at teaching concepts and breaking things down to people and they're always telling you that and you just play it off because with all of these things, we just feel like, oh, people are just being nice. They're just complimenting me. They're just saying that just to because they like me because they're my friend. No, they are saying that because these are things that you are uniquely gifted in. That is not as easy as you think it is. That is not as natural as what it feels like to you. And so things that you have been specifically gifted and talented in, in this world, are the things that you should be showing off. Those are the things that you should be showing up in. Those are the things that you should be sharing in the world unapologetically. You know, we need people who can walk into spaces and transform them for us. Those of us who live in places that we wish were a little bit prettier or we walk into places or have you ever walked into um, like a doctor's office or a place that's supposed to be a, 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 a place for healing or comfort? And you're like, damn, like this is drab. <laughs> like this is depressing. I remember when I was looking for schools for my son, daycares for my son. And I don't I didn't care how good the reviews were. If I walked into a space that just didn't have good energy and just didn't look visually appealing, uh, we weren't staying there. Like there's there's giftings in all of these things that may be natural to you. And so you have the right to to show up as you are and to take up space and also to protect your space. One thing that's a common recurring theme with the students that I serve is social media and its impact on them and being connected to people who 
may be draining draining to them, connected to family members or toxic friend groups or or exes or coworkers or people that they actually don't want to be connected to, but the politics of social media and the spoken and the unspoken rules that we have all learned and lived by over the last decade or so about what it means to unfriend or to follow or not follow or to watch stories but not comment or you know just all of the, all of the things that happen with social media uh and trying to figure out well what do I do there like I might be eliminating time with them in real life but we're still connected on social media and this is still triggering me and this is still hurtful and having to to learn that social media is also part of your physical space. If you have found that you have to take literal physical space in real life from people because of the toxicity and because of the emotional pain and because of the mental mind games and the intimidation and the bullying that happens, even as grown-up adults, if you have found that you have to take that space as an adult in real life, then you are just, you're in your full right to make that space online as well. And their experience of that is their own experience. And of course, you know, we can talk about conversations and what that looks like for you and, and those relationships more, but you have the right to take that space as well there. It is still your space. Shout out to Tom and everybody else who's old enough to actually remember being on MySpace and having a MySpace page. The next thing I want to share that you don't need to apologize for, which is absolutely related to the inspiration for this episode, which is things that are not your fault. You do not need to apologize for things that are not your fault, things that you did not do, things that you did not create, or things that were accidents. Once again, for those of us who grew up in homes where the emotional affection was so fragile and so conditional and so predicated on whether or not we were making the adults or caretakers in our households happy or satisfied or whether or not they were having a good day or whether or not uh, someone was being abused and we we had the responsibility of deflecting the attention or you know so there are so many combinations that that have happened for many of us so many ways that our trauma has presented it can be an auto reflex for us to immediately apologize for things that are not our fault. So someone is having a bad day, has nothing to do with us. And we're like, I am so sorry. How do I, how can I make this better for you? We are seeing that someone is struggling with boundaries and we've told them no, or we set limits or we have ended the relationship and we feel bad. We feel guilty. So we try to find a way to make up for it and to give in and to give them something to soften the blow instead of the no being no and the limit being the limit. They are uncomfortable with how we show up boldly as ourselves. And so we will auto flex and try to dim down or water down and 
diminish ourselves to try to make them feel comfortable. And I'm going to say this again as a fellow codependent, speaking primarily to my codependents or my people who are pretty strong in most areas of your life, pretty confident, but there are some areas that you find that you are codependent in. I want to speak to you and say that if this has been you and you have found that you have auto-flexed to over-apologizing and and taking ownership for things that weren't your fault or going along with things that really made you uncomfortable and you didn't realize it until later on that that was an opportunity for you to say no or for you to stand up for yourself, I want you to know that it's okay. It's okay. It's okay because you didn't know. It's okay because your body and your mind were just responding in the way that it's been trained to respond your whole life to keep you safe, to keep you secure, to keep you whole, to keep you protected. And your body and your mind were just doing what it knew to do. And it's good that you're at a place now with self-reflection that you can look at and say, oh, you know what? That auto response may have helped me in the past, but I think going forward, I want to do things differently. And the blessing and your gifting and your strength is in that awareness. You know, you are not as far behind as you may think that you are just because you impulsively or reflexively said, I'm sorry, or you gave in, or you went along with something in a moment that you wish you didn't. The, the strength is in the fact that you realize that that no longer works for you. And now you're going to be super aware going forward to do things differently. So I really encourage you to forgive yourself, to be kind to yourself, to talk to a loved one, a friend, a family member, a therapist, or someone who can really encourage you where you are, that you're okay and that is okay. Everybody makes mistakes. And sometimes you'll talk to these people. You'll talk to your friend or a loved one or your therapist. And they will help you see that it wasn't even that big of a deal. A lot of times we can be harder on ourselves than anybody else is. And we can really make something a big deal that's not even an issue at all because we're so used to criticizing ourselves, because we're so used to seeing ourselves as a deficit. And it's by your continued work and your self-love and your healing and your growth that you will move forward, that you will make some changes. Those of you who have taken our You Are Worthy course, you've seen us talk about that. We've se- You've seen us talk about how it really is those threads of childhood, emotional neglect, and insecurity, and the other types of trauma that have really impacted how we see ourselves. And it really is about how we talk to ourselves and practicing that self-acceptance that's going to help us move forward to feeling worthy. And as you feel more worthy, that's how you are going to show up differently in in these relationships. That's what's going to help you immediately gut check up you know, I don't like how this makes me feel and I deserve to feel better, right? And so just continue to do that worthiness work and it's going to help you with those boundaries. 
And here's a last bonus one for you, which is if you do find that you have to apologize for something because it is something that would be helpful and needed for you to take ownership of, for you to be in your integrity, to initiate it, to make that step and apologize for your part in something. Do not feel pressured to have to keep apologizing over and over and over again, especially if those apologies are being used as a way to humiliate you, to villainize you, to victimize you, to demean you. This happens often in narcissistic relationships, whether the narcissist is your mother or your sister or a partner, requiring you and asking you to apologize over and over and over again is never enough apologies that you can give. There is never enough um, contrition that is acceptable to them and they're going to keep reminding you to make you feel, feel like crap and maintain the power. This happens in relationships where you're scapegoated where you're the black sheep, where it doesn't matter how much you apologize or how much you try to show up differently. Going back to how I started this episode, they have this image of you that is how they're always going to see you. And it's up to them to want to change that perception. It has nothing to do with you. So no matter what the situation or the scenario, or or it's a racist um, organization or it's a, um, a place that's just hell-bent on making you pay for something that is not your responsibility to pay for. But going back to what I was about to say, no matter what the scenario scenario is or situation is, your apology, your one apology is enough. Um, it is enough to say your part and let people do with that what they will. What I have just noticed is that sometimes people are just out for blood. They are just out for blood for their own entertainment, because they may be miserable themselves, because there's a mob mentality, because people forget that you're human, uh, or because they're just abusive persons, like I said in my examples. And no matter where they're coming from, that is for them to deal with. And you need to focus on keeping yourself emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically financially, sexually safe. And you're the only one who can do that. You're the one who's in charge of that. So that's it for today's episode. I hope that you found it helpful. I hope that my fellow codependents found it validating to your experience. And I hope that it helps you move forward differently and or forgive yourself for ways that you may have apologize too prematurely or apologize too much or apologize accidentally in the past. If you are wanting to participate in our You Are Worthy course, it is now part of our recovery school membership. So you can get started on that immediately. I bundled a whole bunch of our courses together in one place for women to go ahead and get started. This is different than my main programs. These are smaller memberships so that you can 
get access to these resources related to building your self-worth and building your self-esteem and improving your boundaries and even getting started breaking your patterns of love addiction as well. So you can learn more and get started by going to therecoveryschool.com, which will redirect you there, or just go to our main website, blackgirlsheal.org, and checking us out there. Uh, So that is it for now. I hope that you have a wonderful week. I hope that you take care of yourselves, and I will see you in the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.